Well, this morning, as we move into the time of the message, I'll just admit to you, I've never preached live online before. So this is new and, uh, you know, I can't hear you. We have, we have some people who shout amen at, at our church. And so you can shout amen in the comments if, if you ever feel like it. Um, once again, let us know if you joined us, where you're watching from, um, who you are. We just want to say welcome. And, um, you know, so much has happened just in the last 10 days. It can really be a bit overwhelming to think about it all. Um, you know, I don't know where your head has been, but but for me, I mean, I, I know three people personally with COVID-19, uh, two of whom are currently in the hospital. I know some of you have, have lost your jobs or had your wages drastically cut already. Um, kids, we know you're trying to figure this out. Online learning, teachers are too. Uh, students and families, a lot of you are all kind of together now, which you haven't been that way for a long time. And that can be a bit of a challenge. Um, the healthcare workers are working extra hard in the season. There is so much going on, you know, just not being able to gather publicly as a church and to hug one another and to shake hands. Um, every day things are changing and it seems like they're changing so rapidly. More restrictions are taking place. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'd love to hear from you because that's one nice thing about this platform. I'd love to hear from you. I mean, what do you feel like has changed the most for you in the last 10 days and in your life? Um, you know, for me, it's been a bit overwhelming, um, because I think we're all, we're all grieving in a way, losses of different things. Um, some of us are grieving the loss of, of loved ones who, who have passed away during this time. Some of us are grieving the loss of health, the loss of the, the freedom of movement, um, the loss really of a way of life that that we used to know and be comfortable with. And now we're stepping into this unknown season. Um, there's loss of jobs and so much, so much else. And so just to let you know where my head's been, because we haven't been able to, to catch up or talk a little bit. Um, I've been like most of you vacillating between a huge variety of different emotions and experiences. And uh, a number of years back, a woman named Elizabeth Kubler-Ross uh, kind of co coined the five stages of grief and loss that, that have to do with losing someone you love physically. Um, but, but they can also help put words to different seasons and stages of things we experience in our lives. And I've been feeling some of these stages of loss in my own life these last 10 days. Um, you know, at first I was in that stage of denial, like a lot of people were, I think, um, you know, last Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, uh, you know, this is more, more than a week ago, just thinking, okay, maybe this is going to pass. Maybe, maybe this is another news story of the week, but then quickly we soon realized this isn't, this isn't just going to last a week. This isn't, um, a news story that's going to pass quickly. You know, this is something real. This is something difficult. Um, this is something dangerous that we're dealing with. So I moved from that season of, of denial to, to actually at different times, anger. I don't know if any of you have felt angry in the midst of all of this. I, I saw the video of spring breakers uh, who were just saying, you know, I'm just living for the moment. I'm not concerned about other people and their health. I'm just here to party. And, you know, that made me angry. Um, I've been angry at, at some of the injustices of, of care and accessibility and things like that and how this is affecting uh, people who are poor and marginalized disproportionately more than others. And so I've had anger. And then there's been times of bargaining where I think, you know what, if we all just listen, 
and we all just socially distance and we all just stay home, then maybe in a week or two or three, maybe all of this will pass and we can all just go back to normal. Um, but I don't know that that's, that's actually going to be the case. Um, I've been anxious at times, sad at times. Uh, it's been a huge variety of emotions. And I think right now I'm a little bit at a stage of, of acceptance is one of the five stages she talks about of accepting that, you know, this is a season we're going to be in. And we don't know how long this season is going to last. We don't know if it's going to be short. We pray that it's short, but we don't know if it's going to be a long time before things have any semblance of normalcy. And so I've come to, to this place where it feels like, okay, you know what? This is a bit of our new normal. And so I, I know we're all over the map on what we're feeling and experiencing, and especially because things change so quickly. Uh, you know, you can wake up feeling one thing and then two hours later feel something different. Um, so I'd love to hear from you. You know, what what, uh, what have you been feeling these last 10 days? Um, we've been feeling a lot. We've been going through a lot. But as I've been settling in, recognizing that this is a season that we're going to be in, I've been asking the question, what now? What now? What do we do in a season like this? And as a pastor, I mean, you probably haven't been thinking about this question all week, but I have. I've been thinking, what is the church called to do in a season like this? And those are the questions that I actually want to look at with you this morning. Because these are big questions. These are important questions. These are kind of difficult questions. I mean, what do we do now? And you know, if you think about it on the surface, there's a lot of different options of things we can do. Um, we can, uh, we can kind of just hunker down and not only, uh, isolate, uh, socially distance ourselves from other people, but we can socially isolate ourselves from other people. Um, we could just wake up and keep the 24 seven news cycle on all the time and, uh, just, just keep going and just fill our lives with anxiety. Um, we could, we could just live with fear. We can just yell at each other and we can place blame on each other. Um, we could panic and there's so much more, but I don't believe that God wants us to do any of those things during the season. Instead, I believe God wants us to do something else as the church. I think God wants to do something that's ultimately going to result in good for us and ultimately result in good for other people. I think there is something that God wants us to do in this season. And this morning, as we open up God's word, we're going to discover that thing together. And so uh, we're going to continue in the book of Mark like we've been in for the last seven weeks at Harvest Point. Um, if you're just joining Harvest Point for the first time, maybe you're not a regular attender. Uh, maybe you've never been to a church before, and this is literally your first experience. If that's the case, that is amazing, and we're glad you're here. But as a church for the last seven weeks, we've been walking through Mark's gospel together, following the life and ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. And so Mark's gospel, um, which most scholars agree was the first written account of Jesus's life, um, it moves very quickly. And we've been seeing some amazing things. We have been seeing Jesus heal people. Last week, our friend Joshua Tepper brought a message about Jesus healing a blind man. We, we saw uh, one time where people were out of bread, which is, is kind of funny thinking about that now, since literally all the stores are out of bread. There, there wasn't much bread and Jesus took the little amount of bread and he multiplied it and he made it enough miraculously. 
Then we, we've looked at times where Jesus calmed the wind and the waves, and we saw that he is Lord over even nature. Um, and we've seen him give some difficult teachings on things like money. And in the midst of all of this, Jesus has been heading to a place called Jerusalem, uh, where ultimately we know on Good Friday, he gives up his life for us on the cross. And so as he's been going on this journey together, um, as we've been on this journey together, we, we've been seeing Jesus, we've, we've been seeing that, that Jesus actually had conflict with a lot of people, uh, particularly the religious authorities of the day, people like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law also known as the scribes. And, and Jesus had some conflict with them because this group of people, I mean, they were feeling threatened by Jesus and his teachings and the authority that he taught with. Um, they were feeling threatened as he, he, he had lots of followers who were following him and who were listening to him. And Jesus, they, they also had conflict because Jesus at times, he directly challenged them. And he said, look, you're not interpreting the law properly. There's a different way to interpret it. And actually, you're trying to enforce the law upon other people, but you're actually not willing to live out the law yourselves. And so Jesus has been having some conflict with all these different people. And now in Mark chapter 12 that we're going to be in together this morning, this conflict has kind of reached a fever pitch. And so if you want to join us as we continue in Mark, we're, we're going to keep going through it during the season. And you can go online, harvestpointumc.com slash mark, and get our reading guide. Um, but in this week's readings, uh, we're going to read this passage from Mark chapter 12, beginning in verse 28. And it's there that we find these words. We find that one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. That is, came and heard Jesus debating with uh, the different religious leaders. And noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, the te teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. So notice what's going on here. This religious leader, he, he comes to Jesus and he says, basically, out of all the things God has commanded, out of all the things God wants us to do, which is the most important. And now, if you've been in church a while, maybe you know you knew the answer to this question before we got to the passage. But but this wouldn't have been just a simple question in that day because there were 613 laws in the Torah. And so uh, Jesus, he, he was having to, to, to figure out and to, and to choose. And it was a difficult question because if he highlighted one, 
well, then people might get mad and say, well, if you highlight that, well, then you're disparaging the others. And so it's actually a difficult question, but I don't think Jesus hesitated when he answered this man. I don't think he had to sit and think about it for a long time. I think Jesus knew already what the answer was, and we find his answer. We find that Jesus says the most important thing God wants his people to do, and then he quotes from Deuteronomy. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He quotes the Shema, something that pious Jewish people would have been very familiar with. They would have recited this multiple times daily. It was written on the doorpost over their homes. This was something they were very familiar with. And so Jesus was saying, look, the most important thing you can do is to love God with all your being. But then he paired it with something else. He paired it with another passage from Leviticus, another Old Testament reference from the Old Testament law. He said, look, love your neighbor as yourself. And now to the casual observer in that day, I mean, hearing that command, love your neighbor as yourself, the traditional interpretation meant love your fellow Israelite as yourself. But Jesus and his teachings in the other gospels, particularly things like the parable of the Good Samaritan, we see that Jesus, he didn't just mean love uh, other Israelites, love other people who look like you, who act like you, who think like you, who believe like you. No, Jesus expanded the definition of what it means to be a neighbor. Jesus said, look, love your neighbor as yourself. And who is your neighbor? Your neighbor are the, your neighbors are the people who don't look like you, who don't believe like you, who don't think like you. People who you actually might consider your enemies. Jesus says, look, you need to love all these people. And Jesus expanded the definition of our neighbors because Jesus knew that God is love. God created all people out of love. God created all people to be loved. And God created all people to share his love with others. And so this guy comes to Jesus and he says, look, out of everything God has commanded us to do, what's the, what's the most important? What's the most important thing we can do? And Jesus answers, love. Love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And now in this season, we've been asking that similar question. We've been asking, what now? What, what do we do? What does God want us to do? And I think if Jesus were here with us today, actually Jesus is here with us today because he is risen. He is ascended Christ. He is spiritually present with us today. And I think through God's word, he's telling us, what do I want you to do in this season? I want you to love. I want you to love God with everything you have. And I want you to love your neighbors as yourself. I think God wants us to love. But before we get busy doing that, uh, I think it's important to remember another verse. And that's 1 John 4, 19, which says this, we love because God first loved us. See, our love for God and for other people, it's not something we just muster up or manufacture inside of ourselves. It is something that we receive. We receive love from God and then God's love flows to us, and then it's supposed to flow through us. And so first we have to, we have to receive God's love. We have to meditate upon God's love. And, and how do we know about God's love? How do we know God loves us? Well, we know God loves us because in the fullness of time, he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, into this world for you and for me and for our salvation. 
God sent Jesus into this world. Jesus, who though in the very nature of God, didn't consider equality with God as something uh, to be grasped onto. Instead, he emptied himself and he came into our broken, into our sick, into our sinful world. He humbled himself and he came near out of love to us. And we've been following his life. We've seen he healed out of love. He taught what it means to love. And ultimately, we're going to see as we continue in this gospel that Jesus did the greatest act of love anyone could ever do, and that is laying down their life for someone else. And then on the third day, Jesus rose again, conquering sin and conquering death and making a pathway for us through faith to live with God now and forever. God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, into the world for you that you might receive eternal life. That, that's, that's life in the future with God, but also a life right now with God. And as we receive this gift of love from God, this gift from Jesus Christ, as we experience it in our lives, as we meditate upon it, it's, it's, it's supposed to fill us up so much that then it overflows out of us. It comes to us and then it's called to flow through us. And so I believe in this season of uncertainty, God wants us to love. He wants us to love like we never have before. And so I want to challenge you to two things this morning. And the first is I want to challenge you to love God like you never have before. Love God like you never have before. And now uh, you might be thinking, well, I don't, this is my first church service. I don't know what loving God looks like. I, I, I'm, I don't even own a Bible. Send me your address. We'll, we'll mail you a Bible. You might be thinking, I don't know what loving God looks like. Well, I think it looks like a lot of what growing in love in any relationship looks like. It looks like spending time with someone, listening to them, talking with them, giving them gifts as expressions of your love. And that's what we do to grow in love with God as well. And so in this season, I, I think one of the important things we have is um, while we don't necessarily have a ton more free time, some people do, some people don't, um, I think we have a little more flexibility. And so I would encourage you to lean into prayer, to simply talk with God. And that's why we're having Tuesday night prayer calls live, just like we are now at 7 o'clock p.m. So talk with God through prayer. Listen to God. Listen to God through His Word. It's through these words that God speaks to us. Spend time in God's presence. You know, not necessarily with any kind of agenda, but just just going to walk outside in nature and say, you know what, I, I just want to spend time with God tomorrow. I, I, you know, it's been crazy figuring out all this technology and, and what to do. Tomorrow, I'm, I'm taking a Sabbath day to just rest and to be with God because it is so important during this time that we grow more in love with God and we express our love to Him. And we're called to, to give, to give financially as we're able and also to give God our spiritual gifts and the talents he's given us and to say, you know what, how can, how, how can I use these things during this time? And look, I know right now, maybe you're like me, you don't even know what day it is. You're like, is it, is it Friday? Is it Saturday? Is it Sunday? Right now, we don't have a lot of rhythms in our lives, but we're going to begin establishing them now that we've had a week at home. And so I would encourage you as you're establishing these rhythms, Instead of starting your day with your phone, start your day with prayer. Instead of starting your day with the television and the, the, the news cycle, start your day in God's word. Read through Mark with us. 
Figure out how you can use the gifts God has given you to serve Him. Spend time with God and grow more and more in love with Him because that's the first thing that, that we're called to do during this season is to love God like we've never loved before. And then I, I think the, the second thing, Jesus says it's like the first in, in one of the Gospels. And, and this isn't uh, here like a two-tier thing, like, okay, loving God is here, loving neighbor is here. Actually, they're, they're intertwined because when we love our neighbors, we're actually loving God in this, in this roundabout way because Jesus says, whatever you did for the least of these, however you serve these other people, you actually did it for me. And so as we love our neighbors, we're also loving God. And so I want to encourage you to love your neighbors like you never have before. And get this, as you think about loving your neighbors in the season, the neighbor I want you to start with is the person closest to you, physically. The person physically closest to you in your household. So if you're watching with other people right now, uh, you can you can look to the left, you can look to the right. Uh, maybe this is your spouse. I want you to start with them. Maybe this is, is your, your children. Children, maybe this is your parents, or maybe you share a bedroom, maybe it's your siblings. I want you to start loving the literal neighbor next to you in your household. And and look, we can we can be honest here. Sometimes those people are the hardest people to love. But God calls us to love our neighbors, and, and these people are our neighbors. And so be praying about how you can give of yourself sacrificially for the sake of these people around you. And then I want you to move out from, from there in concentric circles. I want you to think about, okay, if I'm loving the person who is next to me in my household, then I want you to think about loving the household next door to you. And now in the season, I will say this as a disclaimer, one of the most important ways we can love our neighbors is, is to listen to the experts and to socially distance ourselves from other people. Um, that is to not gather in big groups and to, to keep space between us. And so I'm not advocating you go have a block party with your neighbors, but I want to encourage you to love your literal next door neighbors and to get creative about it. I mean, maybe you could put a note in their mailbox and just say, hey, uh, this is Jonathan. I don't know that you ever had my cell phone number before. Here it is. If you ever need anything, reach out to me. I'm here for you. Or if you just need somebody to talk, you know what? You can say, hey, I know we've lived near each other for 20 years and I'm ashamed that I don't know your name but I'd like to finally introduce myself. This is a new time and it's time to try new things. And God wants us to love our literal neighbors and to figure out what we can do for them. If you're out mowing your grass and you see somebody else is down the street that may be mowing, offer to mow theirs. Try to figure out how you can serve the people around you. My neighborhood has a Facebook group. And so people will post needs in there. Find a need, see a need, meet a need. Love the neighbors who are right around you. Be safe while you're doing it, uh, but love the people God has placed around you. And, and to help you live this out, uh, we as a church this week, we've been working on some different concrete opportunities for you to love the people um, who, who not are just like literally your neighbors, but also our neighbors in our community. And so one of the, the things that we've done is we've put collection bins outside the main entrances of our church because for the next season, uh, we want you, when you shop, because we know at some point you or somebody else has to go out and get supplies, we want you to throw a few extra things in your cart. Don't hoard them. Uh, but we want you to throw a few extra things in your cart and bring them to the church and drop them off 
because in partnership with an organization called Operation Lunchbox, these items, any non-perishable item, we'll take whatever, um, these will get distributed to local families who are in need. And so that's a very simple thing. When you're out shopping, put a few extra canned goods in your cart, drop them off at the church. You don't have to interact with anybody. We will get them distributed locally to our community. So that's one way. Help us partner with Operation Lunchbox. But another way uh, you can help love the people in our community is to become a Harvest Point helper. And so on the website, uh, you click to log in here, harvestpointumc.com slash online. At the bottom of the page, there's a form that says become a Harvest Point helper. And if you are uh, able-bodied and you're not immunocompromised and, and you're okay to, to get out and do some things on your own or, or with other people in your household, and you're able to assist with things like getting groceries, picking up prescriptions, um, doing yard work or, or whatever, you have talents and abilities, we'd love for you to sign up. Let us know that you're willing to help meet needs in our community as we, the church, hear about it. And if you're in the community and you're watching or you hear about some needs in our community, there's also a form which says, I need help. And we would love for you to pass that to other people. If you hear of people in need of help, send them that form. Invite them to fill it out so that we can help see needs and meet needs in our community in a systematic way. And then, uh, you know, I know there's people watching uh, from all over the world. And uh, there's people watching from all over our country. And we have a third way that you can help us bless people and show God's love to them in our community and in our state. And that is through a project we're calling Letters of Love. Right now, uh, in many assisted living facilities and other long-term care uh, facilities, there are deep restrictions for the health of the residents. And so family members aren't allowed to come in and out. Uh, visitation has been limited because these are some of the most vulnerable people. And so we have a project called Letters of Love where we're going to express love for other people through letters and we're going to mail them to different people in need. And now uh, you might pick up on this, but a lot of the New Testament, what is it? It's, it's letters of love. Paul's letters are letters of love to the church. He, he couldn't always be with them physically, but he expressed his love to them through a letter. And so on our website, on that same link at the bottom, there are addresses for two different facilities that we're going to bless and serve in this season. One of them is Westbury uh, Rehabilitation Center and uh, Nursing Home. And on there, you'll see the address. This, this is a facility with a lot of older adults in it. And we invite you to just mail a card. If you have kids, get creative, paint something, put it in the envelope, address it on there, put a stamp on it. You don't have to contact anybody uh, physically. Mail it to them, and they're going to distribute them to their residents as a blessing and as a sign of God's love to them. And then the other facility we're going to bless is actually up in Gwinnett County. So if we got some Gwinnett County uh, listeners in Georgia, um, it's Annandale Village. It's a village, uh, a residential compound for people with intellectual and, and mental disabilities. Um, and they are not allowed to leave or receive visitors right now. And my aunt is actually a resident there. And we have the address for them. We'd love for you to send them mail and just let them know, hey, we love you. You're not forgotten. And God loves you too. And so these are some very simple but concrete ways that you can help us during this season be the church to do what God has commanded us to do, to love like we never have before. But there's another encouragement I want to give you. I don't, I don't want you sitting around waiting for 
our church, for your church, or for someone else to hand you a project or to hand you a list of things that are needed to do or ways you can show love. I want to encourage you and challenge you to pray for God to give you eyes to see the needs around you and for God to give you creativity for how to meet those needs. One of my mentors, um, he, he might even be watching, his name is Don. He used to uh, teach me, he, he taught me something that he used to do and I, I've done it on occasions and uh, it, it's a blessing, but it can also be a scary thing. He, he a lot of times would say, you know, Jonathan, in the morning, why don't you just pray? God, put somebody in my path today who I can love. God, put somebody in my path today who I can serve. And I want to invite you to pray that prayer, but maybe you don't say, put me in their pathway, say, keep me away from people. But maybe you say, God, put somebody on my heart today who I can reach out to. And then when when that person comes into your mind, give them a call, give them a text, offer to serve them or to pray for them. Be creative in this season. Live with eyes and hearts of love for people all around you. And if you have ideas on things you've been doing or ways that we as a church could be expressing love, I'd love for you to put them in the comments right now. Let us know because that's what God wants us to do in this season of uncertainty. He wants us to love like we never have before. And I believe that as we begin living this out, as we begin living out what's called here the great commandment, God is going to work in, in our community, in our country, in our world, in ways perhaps like he's never done before. And, and we know this, and I believe this, because God has worked in the midst of epidemics and pandemics in the past. God has used these things, which are not good, right? Death and sickness are not good, but God has used these things for good. He has taken them and worked good through his people and through his mighty purposes. And so there, there's one famous example from church history I want to close with this morning. And it's from the fourth century when an epidemic had spread throughout the Roman Empire. And, and people were fleeing the cities. They were hunkering down. They were like us. They didn't know what to do. I mean, imagine they didn't have all the technology and all the guidance like we do today. And uh, one church historian, a man named Eusebius, he describes... Um, what was happening and what the Christians did during that time. And he says this. He says, All day long, the Christians tended to the dying and to their burial and to countless numbers of people with no one to care for them. Others, that is other Christians, distributed bread to the people who were famished. And as a result, he concludes this. He concludes that the Christians' deeds were on everyone's lips and they glorified the God of the Christians. Their deeds were on everyone's lips and they glorified the God of the Christians. Perhaps it was a God they hadn't known before or heard of before. But as they saw God's love coming to the Christians and working through them, it pointed them to God. The God who loved us so much that he sent Jesus into the world and who now sends us as Jesus' hands and feet to other people. And it had a huge impact on their world. And I believe that as we live as people of love, it can have a huge impact on our world as well. And so I would say, don't sit around with fear. Don't check out. Do stay apart from people, but live as people with love like you never have before. Because I believe that's what God wants us to do in this season. And so now would you bow your head and join me as prayer.
in prayer as we pray that God makes it so. Almighty God, we come to you oftentimes in this season without words. As people who are distraught, confused, uncertain. But God, we are certain of one thing, and that is that you love us. That you love us so much that you sent your son Jesus who is willing to lay down his life for us. And God, your word tells us that, that another thing is certain, and that's that we're called to, to go out and to lay down our lives for the sake of others as well. We're called to love our neighbors. We're called to love you. And so God, during this season, we pray that you work in a way that we haven't seen in a generation. God, we pray that you would help us love like we never have before and that people who, who uh, don't know you and maybe have walked away from you and, and from the church, that they would come back and that they would know the great love as it comes through us to them. And so God, we pray that you give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, give us hearts to feel. Don't make us numb, God. Help us have hearts to feel. And God, I pray right now, this morning, that for everyone watching, you would place someone on their heart and on their mind. And God, I pray that you would give us the courage and the strength to reach out to that person with your love today. And God, we ask all of these things in your mighty name, Jesus the Christ. Amen.